Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. The Bible. Don't forget the Bible. You might say, well, we all know that. Um, But uh, we want to be reminded again this morning of not forgetting the importance of the power of the Bible in our lives. And if we can put the text up, please, which is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25. Um, I'm going to read a couple of verses just around it. Um, just to uh, just to give us a little context as we think about this this morning. And so it says in verse 22 of this reading, bear in mind that Peter, the Apostle Peter, is writing to people whose faith is under fire. He talks about the trial of your faith. So it's not an easy situation that he's ministering into. He's talking to the scattered, the diaspora uh, of the early church, not scattered because they wanted to go and live somewhere else, but scattered because they believed in Jesus. That is still taking place today, where people are having to move from where they would want to live to somewhere else simply because they're followers of Jesus like you and me, and their life is imperiled. So he says in verse 22, Now that you've purified yourselves by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart. For you've been born again, not of perishable seed, but imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. For all people are like grass and their glory is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower falls, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that he's preached to you. However great the glory of man, it comes and goes. However long our life The reality is that one day we will go into eternity. And a hundred years seems a long time. But in eternity, friends, we've got all of eternity that way and all of eternity that way. hundred years is just like the thin edge of that cart. These things come and go. But the word of God, the Bible, the word of the Lord, it endures forever. And this is the word that he's preached unto you so arena church ilkeston this morning in the moments that we've got left we want to encourage people don't forget the bible now this morning uh this is not an apologetic for the bible by that i'm not talking about apologizing apologetics is an expression of giving defense for things that we believe and there have been many good apologetic writers over the years like paul little and josh mcdowell that wrote brilliant stuff that help us to give a credible, reasoned defense for believing why we believe. That's not for this morning. And this morning also, we're not going to articulate the claims that the Bible makes about itself, which says that the Bible is God-breathed. 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all of the Bible is breathed on by God. Now, he used approximately 36 writers, men and women, over around about 1,600 years that weren't typewriters. There's different genre of writing that comes through personality. But all of it breathed upon by God. We're not going to dig deep on that this morning either. Uh, We're not going to look this morning in terms of how the Bible framed together in what we call the canon of Scripture. You need to understand in English language there's some words have different so when you think about a canon you're no I don't it's not talking about that it's talking about the rule or standard 
And around about 400 AD, there was a, an important meeting that recognized the canon of Scripture. We're not going to look at that this morning. If you want to know about all of that, you've got to come to the Arena Ministry School. <laughs> now, this morning, we're simply going to make some statements on the belief of the Bible at the heart of this church. C.H. Spurgeon, a great preacher of another time, says that the answer to the objections of the Bible is the Bible. And so this morning, simply, straightforwardly and plainly, when we're talking about not forgetting the Bible, we're reminding ourselves that in this church, a group of Christian believers that gather from around this area, this M1 corridor, this this church that, that just stretches Derbyshire into Nottingham, people from all around, we're saying this morning that as a church, we believe in the Bible, that we are shaped by the Bible, and that on a regular and consistent basis, by God's help, different people stand at this platform to minister, not their own words, not a lecture, but to speak, to preach and teach from the Bible. The Bible endures forever and this morning I'm just praying that God will help every one of us to freshly engage with the word it may be that you're a Christian this morning and you find it difficult to find time to read the Bible it may be if I can say it respectfully you're simply indisciplined you've never built a discipline an ethic into your into your faith where you read the Bible regularly and I understand that it's the easiest thing in the world for the preacher up front to condemn. I don't want to do that. I want to encourage. I want us during this year, friends, for every one of us to find another level of engaging with the Bible. Are there some parts of the Bible that are difficult to understand? Of course there are. If you're new to the faith, I'm not suggesting that your devotionals for January or Ezekiel. You know... <laughs> Because it was a prophet that saw pictures. There were wheels spinning around and fires and all. It's not going to be your best start. <clears throat> but we want you to get into it. Now, before Christmas, or, or rather between Christmas and New Year, you know, that time, I understand that there are people in the care industry, there's people in the catering industry, there's people in emergency services, there's people in the hospital, all across our church. But for a lot of people, it's a bit of a quiet week, isn't it? You know, and... Uh, you know, Christmas comes and goes, maybe two or three days where you're meeting. You know, put your hand up if normally you're getting up at half past six and all of a sudden it becomes nine o'clock for a couple of days. You know, you don't have to put the alarm clock on. And um, just during that time, a couple of just, you know, lazy sort of uh, quiet days. And during that time, I like to begin to plot the course for, for the coming year. And in more recent years, and perhaps I wish I'd have done it way back, but in more recent years, I've sort of, uh, created a journal. I'm going back sort of probably nearly 10 years now. Uh, this year, is, this is my 2019 journey at uh, journal and courtesy of a couple of friends of mine from Beth Shan, they've actually printed my name on the front of it. So this is very special this year. And I'm beginning to think about the new year. I'm beginning to think about the prayer and fasting season and plotting a few things. And I'm going to share something this morning that I think lands within the context of what we're trying to talk about. Another, just a, a brief aside, Christian was encouraging us on Tuesday night to have a word for our lives. Uh, the word for arena, which you'll share in the visionary uh, services, is multiply. And he was just 
bringing a lead into that on Tuesday night at First Tuesday. My, my word for uh, 2019 is continue. At Colossians 2, 6, as you've received the law, so continue. Now I've got 10 things, I'm going to continue. It just keeps me on track in terms of continuing in what God has got for my life. I know people, you know, sort of say, whoa, you know, they remind me of our autumn getting and when you're finishing. I, I, I can't even think about those things. I, I still feel there's, there's, there's a lot to go. And uh, I want to continue in what God is doing. And part of that, part of the journal is that I write down what I call life verses. Now, a Christian and me have a little smile when somebody comes to the church and says, I'm going to preach a life verse. Because we sometimes feel as preachers that it's perhaps an excuse for preaching the message they're doing everywhere. you know. But the reality is we believe in life verses. And here in my journal, I'm up to number 50 in terms of life verses. And that list will grow this year. These are words that have meant something to me. And in my journal, I wrote a little personal preamble. Forgive this morning for a moment or two, it being personal, but I want to read it to you because it reflects a little bit this morning of the power of the word that has sat over my life and the privilege to be able to share it. So this is what I'm just writing one, one morning and I'm sort of like writing it to God, I'm writing it to myself and now I'm going to let you into my world for a moment and I'm going to share it with you. So it says this, the Bible is God's amazing, breathed on word, enduring for all times and seasons. People have tried to ban it, banish it, burn it and belittle it, yet it prevails. Psalm 119 verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. And then I'm sort of like speaking to myself and God. I says, it's been my calling and privilege to preach and teach the word all my adult life. This July, 40 years married, and a week later, having been to honeymoon on in York and come back a day late early, August the 5th, 1979, we were pastoring a church. We used to think everybody did this, but... It, and uh, it was the Assembly of God Church in Skegness. By the way, on that Sunday, I preached twice. So, you know, I was getting messages ready on my honeymoon. Well, it, it wasn't quite like that, but... <laughs> So it's a sort of, I'm just thinking about it, it's a special year for us. And then I, I, I reflect, my life verses are words that have upheld, taken through and glued together all of this journey. The word of the Lord endures forever. I told her not to lose that. Daniel, if we can put that quote up, please. Here's a quote I came along. Now, this is a quote from a, a world-class leader. And I want you to think about that this morning. Because one of the reasons I have a journal as well is, you know, I love a quote. And if I, if I don't write it down, I know lots of you like to write it down in terms of your phones and everything. But if I don't write it down, I won't remember it. And there's, there's trivial stuff in there as well. Um, but here's a quote. Reading the Bible daily will keep us in range of God's voice. Reading the Bible daily will keep us in range of God's voice. Now listen carefully to what I'm going to say right now. The primary way in which God speaks is through the enduring word, the Bible, the primary way. Now there are, there are uh, groupings within the Church of Jesus Christ, brilliant people that would 
contest that that is the only way that in the 21st century God speaks. For a spirituality like we enjoy where we believe in the gifts of the spirit etc we believe that there are other ways that God can speak we believe in prophecy uh, which is a word through a channel to people sometimes a prophecy personal and sometimes prophecy to church we believe in dreams and visions Acts chapter 2 young men old men dream dreams young men dream uh, no visions. I'm still for visions. I'm, I'm going to leave the dreams. Yeah, but but we believe in that. We believe that God speaks. But listen, God will never speak by His Spirit in a way that is contrary to His words. Never, 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 never. If you come to me and say God's given me a prophecy, and the prophecy is in direct contradiction of the word. I'm sorry, God has not given you a prophecy because he will never give you anything that contradicts the God-breathed words. What happens sometimes when we're praying for direction, when we're believing God for something more in our lives, is that God will often speak through the Bible. It becomes a life verse. And then we'll go to church or we'll be in a prayer group or we'll be in a small group. Or we'll be in a prayer time. And God will bring something, maybe through the preacher, maybe somebody praying for you. And I just feel God saying, and it confirms what God is saying. Sadly, some churches like ours at times have gone off track because they've moved away from that anchor. Now then, let me just for a moment share one or two of the life verses. They're from the Psalms. They're not all from the Psalms. But here's some of the... So for me, Psalm 23, 5, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. I'm conscious, friends, that if oil's not on me and my cup's dry, I'm going to be no good to anybody else. Uh, Psalm 69, 1, save me, O Lord, for the waters have come up to my neck. Anybody been in an experience like that? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Psalm 56, 3, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. I know that some of you think that the pastors never get afraid. We do. And we have to trust in the Lord. Psalm 139 verse 16. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. I love these songs that we sing. And that third song this morning was incredible. Because around the earth today, friends, God is confirming our identity. Why? Because there is a spiritual battle for your identity. You don't have to live by comparison with people on Twitter or Facebook or anything else that never have a bad day where every service is altered. You don't have to live by that. You are special to God. And on the 7th of June, 1955, at the old Peel Street Maternity Hospital in Nottingham, when I was born, I didn't come a day late. I didn't come a day earlier. And God's had it all sorted. I'm not in the wrong generation. I'm exactly where God wants me to be. And so are you. And that young generation that are here this morning, you are born for such a time as this. You are born, as Jonathan reminded us in the autumn, to be world changers. You are born to touch your generation. You are born to live for a cause, which is to follow Jesus. And people that were born before me, and yes, they are in this church this morning. God has still got an amazing plan for your life too. In Jesus, Jesus' name.
And so in the last half of the message this morning, two things. Number one, I'm going to put a list up of pictures of the Bible describing itself, metaphors, descriptions. And I'm going to run through them very, very quickly because there's 10. And it may be just this morning that one of them hits you. One of them just really finds a resonance in your heart. So if we could put the first list up for, uh, for here's the first one. So the Bible is described like a fire. Jerry, I'm, if you want to take the references, I've double checked them. They're all correct, but I'm not going to read them to save time. Jeremiah 23, take a photograph. There we go. 23, 29. But a fire, a fire brings warmth. A fire brings attraction. A fire ignites the word of God, getting into your life like a fire. It will ignite something. And then the word of God like a lamp. Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light to my path. And that lamp brings both illumination, but also protection. Uh, those of you that worked in the mining industry will know that many, many years ago, there was a Cornish chemist called Sir Humphrey Davy that uh, created the miner's life, saved thousands of lives because it wasn't only illumination, but it was protection of toxic gases that kept people safe in still a very, very dangerous industry, of course. And I'm telling you that when you let the word of God burn in your life, God will cause you when you are in danger of walking into toxic areas to be alert to go a different route. Number three, it's a mirror. And in James 1 and 23, it says, be doers of the word. Don't be like somebody that looks in a mirror and then goes away and forgets what they look like. Now, I know post-Christmas, we all want to do that. You know. I was about to say, and this is why we have the prayer and fasting, but it's not, that's not the, that is not the case. You heard my Lisa Bavir quote last week. Yeah. But the reality is, doers of the word. If we're just hearing and walking away, it's like we look in the mirror and then forget what it's revealed to us. Number four, the word of God is milk and meat. This one's frustrated me because sometimes people talk about meat. Ooh, ooh, deep, deep. In other words, everybody else on milk, but I'm on meat and I'm somewhere that nobody else can understand. That's not what it means. It simply means progression maturity so when somebody becomes a christian in arena church we are very intentional to give them the meek milk of the word so for example if you've never seen a first steps booklet they're available down at the resource table there's 31 readings to help you it's not going to give you the outline of the second coming of jesus christ and all the different viewpoints because it's milk it's milk Meat is not, it's not about being great. It's not about pride. It's not about I'm deeper than you. Meat is simply progression. And everybody naturally moves from being weaned by their mother on the milk to enjoying meat. Hello, Caleb. If you're just still giving him milk every day, he's going to be in, because he's big, he's growing. He's on to other things. He still likes his bottle in the middle of the night, but that's, that's you know. But it's a, it's a natural progression. Meat is the progression. Let me, let me land it this morning. In, in January, January 2019, Alan shared it so well this morning. Here's the first one. If you want, baptism is not meat. 
Baptism's milk. Repent and be baptized. It's no good saying, I want to go deeper in God. I want to be used more of God. I want to know more about God. If you've never taken the next obvious step. And I'm boldly speaking to people in arena this morning to say, if you have never been baptized, it's not about praying about, it's not about thinking, it's about taking the next step in obedience in your progression from milk to meat. February is the date, step in and be baptized. It will change your life. It will be a marker, it will be a point of you moving forward in Jesus' name. Number five, seeds. We read it this morning in 1 Peter, the incorruptible seeds. Farmers lay seeds in the ground. I sometimes lay seeds in the ground of our garden with no expectation that they're going to come to fruitfulness because somewhere during the process, I'm mowing that lawn as well. And seeds get... Why she's still married to me, I don't know. know. But some of you are brilliant horticulturally and you lay seeds at the right times with an expectation of harvest. I want to tell you, if you keep letting the seed of the Bible drop into your heart, you will inevitably grow. You will inevitably produce fruit. It's just going to happen. It's just going to happen. The next list, please, uh, Daniel. Thank you. It's a sword. Ephesians six seventeen. Now, we could dwell here a little bit, but there's two words in the in the New Testament for, for word. The one is logos, the general word. You heard me say, gifts of the Spirit will never contradict logos. But here the word is rhema. I've heard a lot of, I'm sorry, nonsense about rhema. You know, as though it's in contradiction to logos. Rhema simply means a specific word for a specific situation. And it's in a context of Ephesians 6 of warfare. And this morning as we're singing, and as we worshipped, I really felt folks were getting a broke, breakthrough. Things have been spoken over you that aren't true. Things have been spoken over lives that misrepresent. But when you get that sword of the Spirit, and you begin to use the Word of God, and you begin to confess that what God thinks about you, and that nothing can separate us from the living God. Woof, woof, woof. The musketeers of the kingdom, watch out, you know, because... It's the sword of the Spirit. It's spoken out. It's confessed. That's why we need to come together in worship. Because the power of confession in worship this morning, I don't, I don't know whether you felt it. It was incredible. It was, God was doing something. He was in the sword of the Spirit. Water. The washing of the water in the Word. Now then, you've been at work all week. You've heard swear words that you'd rather not hear. You've heard Jesus' name being blasphemed. You've had to walk away from some of those jokes that are inappropriate. And you come to church on a Sunday and you feel a bit bedraggled. You feel a bit dusty. And the word of God starts to come. (sighs) (sighs) Washed. Washed. Not because you've done things wrong, but because you're just in a real world. Washed by the water of the word. It's amazing. Number nine. Gold, eight, sorry, gold, great Psalm, Psalm 19. And it talks about your words being much more precious than gold. I don't know whether there's anybody here that uh, owns gold. Please come and speak to me afterwards. Um, <laughs> but the reality is, a friend of mine, I'll mention no names, he, he had some gold that had been handed down. And I don't know whether you remember two or three years ago, but the gold price went through the roof. He says to me, I'm selling, I'm selling. 
It's never going to be better than this. Up and down, the gold price. But there's no up and down with the gold of God's word. It never loses its sheen or shine. It's just amazing. Nine, it's bread. Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Talked last week about fresh bread. You can't rely on your devotional readings of 2018 because you've got to get something fresh. And 10, anchor. Wow, how we need an anchor in these days. Sure and certain. An anchor brings, an anchor brings uh, an, an amazing amount of security and stability to our lives, particularly in storms. I don't know whether you saw that story the other week of uh, that ferry that was coming across from Northern Ireland to west coast of Scotland as it did normally. It hit an incredible storm. It's so much that it turned three or four arctics on the side and there was a, a 40,000 pound Audi wrecked. And this guy says, I do this trip three, four times a week. He says, literally, we're on our side. He says, I thought we were going, you know. Um, and some of you have been in storms, storms of life. It may be that this year you're in a storm, you wish you weren't in it. But let the word be an anchor, because I'm telling you, you're going to come through the storm. You're going to come through it. I don't understand sometimes why we have storms. I wish we didn't have them. But it's not a case of trying to navigate around at times. It's coming through, coming through. And for some of you, the storm has raged for a long time. But I'm telling you, God's bringing you to a fresh place. He's seen your heart. He's seen your trust. Keep letting God's word be an anchor. Because there's something coming that's going to bring a shift and change. And the storm's going to be quelled. And you're going to come to a place of harbour and release in Jesus, Jesus' name. An anchor. And so we could go on. There's 20, 30. But I've just given you some examples this morning. So how do we respond to all of that? Well, here's the last slide. Forgive using the Bible as it, but these things aren't a list top down. They're an intermingling. And it may be that you've got to look at one of these things a little bit more carefully than another. But let me just run through them as we close. Number one, read it regularly. Treat the word of God as a meal. Read it regularly sometimes it's functional you know um, food is fuel yeah. I mean how many people get up in the morning and say, uh, leave aside the prayer and fast how many people get up and say thank god that bowl of Kellogg's was incredible <laughs> <laughs> but you know it's you know it's rebooted your metabolism and it's sent you but you come home at night sometimes you walk oh oh Sharon what are you cooking oh. And sometimes you'll read the Bible and it may not seem to do much. But I'm telling you, it's touching you more than you realise. Read it regularly. Read it prayerfully. There's this little acrostic that's called SOAP, S-O-A-P. Scripture, observation, application, prayer. Try and combine reading the Bible with a word of prayer. Read it carefully. What I mean by this is try and find some unhurried moments to read the Bible. You may say, it's all right for you. I've got four kids to get ready for school. (laughs) I understand all of that. I understand we've got people here working long hours, shifts, different rosters. I get it, get it, get it. I listen carefully. But try and find some unhurried moments, whatever it is to you, very early in the morning, very late at night, maybe mum's sometime, that little sort of lull in the middle of the day. But try and read it carefully. Try and read it openly. I put this in my notes. If God 
nails you, how are you going to respond? And you close your book and say, that's it. I'm not reading the Bible again this year. What happens when God speaks to you, particularly correctively? Correctively. Be open. It's for your good. Read the Bible um, honestly. So going back to where we started, if you've read something and you genuinely don't understand it, ask somebody. Ask somebody in the small group. Ask you know, one of the leaders. There's no such thing as a silly question. Talk to them. I've been reading this. Remember the story I think I told once before of a man that came to our church in Jackson. got wonderfully born again in his early retirement years. He was another one of these that said, oh, if only I found Jesus earlier. Became a great servant in the church. He came up to me one day, got a big family. He came up to me one day, he said, Phil, Phil, I've been reading the gospel, so I'm really worried. He says, he says, he says there that Jesus said, I've got to hate my family. Well, well he does. He, but it's a little play on that word, and he's not talking about hate. I hate. I don't, how could anybody hate Julie? But, 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 but I hate. It's not, he, he's talking about priority. Priority. And I could see him go, he was okay. He just asked a question. And then read it meditatively. What do I mean by this? Well, the Psalms talk about meditating on the word, particularly in Psalm 119. Not meditating on nothing. Not opening your mind. You know, some of that stuff from Eastern cultism. Not meditating on the word. Somebody described medita- meditation of the word as the digestive system of the soul. Oh, I wish I'd have come up with that. That's brilliant. The digestive system of the soul. And finally, read the word of God systematically. Have a plan. Sue Buckley works so hard to connect our arena Bible readings with the ministry. It's available on the website. It's available at the resource table. Why don't you find one of these? There are numerous devotional plans from world acclaimed speakers on the websites Read it systematically. As my friend Bob will tell you, if you don't have a plan, then you're planning to fail every time. You've got to have a plan. And sometimes you want to skew off it, you want to move away from it, but have a plan. You might say, well, what does that mean? Have I got to read loads of chapters every day? Apply it to yourself. If you're early in the faith and it's three or four verses, apply it to yourself. Let me just share, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm this year trying to, seek to read the Old Testament. But a, a year or so ago, I drove right back and I was reading uh, just one, four or five of the New Testament books during the year. But I'd read three verses of Ephesians, meditate, ruminate. <sighs> just a different way of doing it. So there's no set way. There's no condemnation. Arena Church this morning, we're simply asking as we go through this year, don't forget the Bible Because it really can change and continue to change your life forever. Let's pray. Let's pray.